Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org slash match to maximize your gift today. Welcome to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George. This week's show is about an environmental disaster that almost happened. A retention pond, also known as a gypsum stack, at the former Piney Point Phosphate Plant in Manatee County sprung a leak in late March. If the pond's earthen walls had collapsed, hundreds of homes and businesses would have been destroyed in a deluge of dredging and phosphate waste. People who live around the site evacuated as crews rushed to pump water out of the pond. More than 200 gallons of wastewater spilled into Tampa Bay, which could create an environmental problem of its own. The leak has been fixed, at least temporarily. But Piney Point has been a thorny issue for decades. The phosphate plant closed in the early 2000s, and the company that owns it, HRK Holdings, went bankrupt after a leak in 2011. Today we'll learn the history of Piney Point, what's being done to fix it, and we'll learn if there are similar sites in the region with the same problems. Ryan Callahan is a reporter at the Bradenton Herald. He's been covering issues related to Piney Point for several years. How did we end up in this situation with Piney Point? Because I know there have been issues for, for years of, about the material that's being stored in these, in these ponds and these gypsum stacks. There had been a spill in 2011. What kind of management stewardship had been in place at Piney Point prior to this most recent leak? So FTEP was always pretty much the oversight for this for this abandoned phosphate processing plant. They took it over when the company that ran it in 2001 declared bankruptcy and pretty much just left it alone and left Florida to deal with the problem. But they, they being DEP, was pretty involved with the site. They test and inspect the that site pretty often, every two weeks actually, um, to check for any errors and stuff like that. And, and HRK, the folks that now run and manage the site, are also required to like run their own inspections. And they're supposed to sound the alarm as soon as they detect anything's wrong. And that's what we saw uh, a couple of weeks ago when the uh, the on-site manager for HRK showed up at Manatee County uh, Commission hearing. He was sleep-deprived. He was close to tears, and and he was telling commissioners, "Look, this is a this is a serious situation with this leak, and it could uh, lead to a potential disaster." Right. Yeah. So he's that guy. Jeff Barreth is the site manager for HRK. He only has a staff of, I'd say seven or eight people, including himself. And yeah, he's basically the guy that, you know, if there's a night shift that needs to be filled because they watch the site 24-7, then he's the guy to do that. So when he detected that leak and thought that it could go really south, and he was correct, he, all hands on deck and was there nonstop, not showering, hardly sleeping. And I know he showed up at uh, at a commission meeting, I think sometime late last year, maybe in September, warning commissioners that uh, that these ponds were getting full and that there might be some kind of uh, some kind of leak or breach uh, coming. That's right. Yeah. So in September, I think it was the 22nd, he showed up to the commission and was, again, kind of sounding the alarm that, hey, it's getting pretty bad here. 
And if you can imagine, these are the scale of these ponds is is hard to comprehend. But the leaking pond that we're talking about here is 77 acres large by itself. Um, that's holding 480 million gallons of water where it was in January or so. Um, and for reference, I mean, the, the ginormous Georgia Aquarium holds about 11 million gallons of water and they have whales, right? So this is a lot of water. Um, and, the, and the main problem with these, these ponds is that they're so large, the surface area with every inch of rainfall, they get about 1.36 million new gallons of water in there. And that water is also now contaminated and has to be treated. Um, so that was the issue they were up against is they were trying to get rid of it slowly, but they, they couldn't fight the, the process of rainfall and, and things like that. The people who had to evacuate, the people who live closest uh, to these ponds, to the Piney Point site, did prior to this leak, did they understand the the danger and the potential for uh, for a major breach? I don't think anyone really did, right? So I've covered Piney Point for a few years now, and it was always the danger of, of spilling. But the danger of a breach was never something that came up. Everyone was kind of concerned that these ponds would fill up and lap over the sides because they're, they're giant ponds. And when, when things like strong winds come, the waves in there get kind of just like an ocean or a lake or whatever. So they could come sloshing over the sides and perhaps leave the site. No one really considered that it could turn into a, a tidal wave. So now that, uh, that folks are back in their homes in these neighborhoods around the Piney Point site, what have you talked to any of them? What are they thinking about the potential danger of something uh, something like this happening again? I haven't talked to them myself, but I know that my my coworkers have, and I believe there's there's just a sense of ease now. It was it's kind of a piney point was an issue that existed, but kind of on the horizon and quite literally in the background. It's an industrial site that you don't really go to unless you're shipping freight or anything like that. So for a lot of residents, it came as a surprise that it was so dangerous. But now that the state's working to close it up for good, I think there's a general sense of relief. Let's go back to, to HRK Holdings for, for a minute, because you've done some reporting that, that looking at the, the, the principal owner, the shareholder of the company. Um, I know there have been some some issues with him and some of his prior business dealings and even HRK itself had some financial problems after the the leak in 2011. It declared for for bankruptcy. Is the company prepared to, you know, cover any of the costs of cleaning up Piney Point, or could it end up in a situation where it, where it's insolvent again, where it files for bankruptcy? I think that you know them being flat broke is is the more likely scenario here. HRK itself kind of used Piney Point the rest of the site that's not holding water to make money. Um, there are several warehouses there that they lease out for space. Their website advertises that, hey, we've got a lot of empty space. If you need to store any fill or anything that, you know, if you've got things coming through Port Manatee across the street that you need to store somewhere, put it here and we'll we'll charge you for that. So, you know, the, everything that went on on the site was generated through that lease revenue and that that lease revenue was supposed to be going towards getting rid of that water and, and cleaning up what they already had there. And now that things have spilled and they're they're facing fines, it's very unlikely that you know they've they've got the funds to take care of any any significant repercussions. 
With that in mind, though, it sounds like they're going to be facing some some litigation. I know Hillsborough County commissioners are, are are talking about that potentially. I imagine Manatee County might might be pursuing some kind of uh, some kind of legal action against them as well. And it kind of goes back to this question of who ultimately is responsible for cleaning up Piney Point. Um, and Manatee County commissioners have said, you know, it's not our site. We don't own it. It's not our responsibility, but this is our community. This affects our residents and our businesses, and we have to do something about it. Who ultimately is going to pick up the cost of uh, cleaning this up and hopefully uh, getting it to a point where it's not a problem anymore? I could see HRK tossing in a little bit of the money that they do have before they go belly up again for the last time. But I think largely it's going to be county taxpayers who are already on the hook for $6 million um, of the cleanup cost. The state's going to provide another $6 million as part of a $12 million treatment program. And the rest could come as, in the form of federal money. There's There's been talk among the Senate president of using uh, American Rescue Plan dollars to wrap up the site for good. And that could cost as much as $200 million. So we're looking at the potential for... $180 million ballpark in federal money. So where are we at now? Uh, the immediate danger seems to be over. And so now it seems like we're just kind of in a holding pattern waiting until there's some kind of agreement on a final uh, a final solution to, to, to the issues here. What What's next? What are the next steps and what happens at Piney Point? Well, they were discharging that dirty water, the contaminated water into the bay directly at about 35 million gallons per day. And as of the 8th, they've stopped that. And they're they're working on new water treatment technologies to treat the water and remove the nitrogen, the phosphorus, and the ammonia from the water. And I think that's going to be the plan for the rest of the ponds as well. Um, they're starting with the the giant one that was leaking and making sure they can clean that adequately with this this method. And depending on how that goes, the state may contract those companies to handle the other ponds that have much worse water. Are there similar sites either elsewhere in Manatee County or, or around the state that kind of have these similar issues, former phosphate mines or ponds that uh, that have the potential of leaking and causing some kind of catastrophic damage? Manatee County, I don't believe, has any more phosphate plants other than Piney Point, but phosphate mining is still a really big industry in Lakeland. Um, Mosaic, the fertilizer company, has it's basically the base of their operations out there. They do a lot of phosphate mining there, um, and, they've, and they've had their own spills and issues out there before. All right, Ryan, I think that's it for my questions. Anything else you'd like to say? Anything I didn't ask you about that uh, you'd like to cover? It's interesting that this is the end of the the Piney Point saga when it's a problem that we all knew was coming, but came in a way that we didn't expect. Like I said, no one no one really expected that, you know, the, the pond was going to fall apart, basically, and turn into a kind of tsunami of a 20-foot surge. Um, it was always that, oh, some of this water could go spilling in Tampa Bay, not endanger the entire community and, and evacuate 300 homes. Yeah, I guess just to just to close out here, just why has it been so complicated to to solve this issue? Why is there? It seems like everybody knows that this is a problem, that it's been a problem for years, but there just hasn't been any kind of consensus on 
on what to do about it and who should take responsibility for it. Well, it's kind of a double whammy, right? Because the county commission wanted to get involved before, and they were wary of using the county taxpayer dollars on on private property to resolve an issue that technically isn't theirs. And when they got close on doing that, then they couldn't agree on which method to use to clean the water. Um, so it really just came down to, you know, there's there's two problems, right? The using taxpayer dollars to fix a private problem and also choosing the right solution. That was Bradenton Herald reporter Ryan Callahan. You're listening to Florida Matters. The conversation continues in just a moment. This is Florida Matters on WUSF 89.7. I'm Bradley George. More than 200 gallons of wastewater from Piney Point poured into Tampa Bay. So what will it do to the Bay's ecosystem? For answers, we turned to Matthew Pasek, a professor in the School of Geosciences at the University of South Florida. Matt, starting off, um, what do we not know about the the discharges from Piney Point that are going in, into Tampa Bay in terms of whatever chemicals might be in these this this water and what effect it might have on on the uh, the ecosystems and the marine life in in Tampa Bay? Right. So that's an excellent question. Sort of the uh, one of the main points I would imagine that we do not know is sort of how well equipped the local ecosystem is to handle this influx of nutrients. There are certain ecosystems that tend to be better equipped to handle large fluxes of phosphate or nitrogen just due to the fact that they've been uh, supplied these through other events or through natural geologic environment. Um, In the case of the Piney Point area, it's not obvious to me if the sort of microbes and algae that normally grow there will be able to handle it in a way that kind of minimizes the effect. My guess is not. Uh, In general, that is the case that there will probably be a large algal bloom that will result from this that will cause uh, fish kills in the immediate vicinity and things along those lines, just because most ecosystems aren't equipped to handle large amounts of nitrogen and phosphorus. And this particular section of Tampa Bay is interesting because you've got Port Manatee where the where these discharges are actually going out, which is a pretty busy part of the bay. But around it are there's Terracia uh, State Park and there's other protected protected areas with some sensitive ecosystems. So I imagine that's that's also kind of in play here as well, just given the environment around where these discharges are going. Right. Yeah. The, the, you have a couple of very important manatee parks. Luckily, the manatees will probably be unaffected. You know, they breathe air and they're not, they're not dependent on fish for their food either. So they should be relatively secure in this, but other organisms may not see as much sort of um, <laughs> a, a good outcome for them. So it it is an interesting area. It is very much uh, where the ocean is intersecting Tampa Bay. The chemistry of the water tends to be mostly oceanic, so it is very salty. Um, and it is, you know, where the tide kind of mixes with the water that flows out from the bay in that region. Uh, but it is mostly sort of salt water at that point. So it'll be interesting to see how the biology of the area certainly responds for certain. 
So what can DEP or the other entities that are that are managing the effects of uh, of these discharges, what can they do to kind of mitigate or stop some of these uh, impacts on uh, on the ecosystems and, and the, uh, the marine life in, in this part of the bay from, from these discharges? For certain, the number one thing that we could do is treat the wastewater that's present within these gyp stacks. So if we are able to treat the water uh, by removing phosphorus, by removing the nitrogen, um, there are various ways of doing so. Then when this water is released, it would have a much smaller effect on the environment. And that is, in fact, I believe what is going on at Piney Point at present. They're trying to clean up the last few of these ponds that are sitting there to remove the phosphorus and nitrogen and then have them. Um, then the water, if it does leak or is drained, is no, lo- no longer presents a significant issue to the local ecosystem. The other thing that the, the various governmental agencies and uh, landowners who have these properties should do is monitor them more closely the, to make sure that they're not leaking, to make sure that they're stable and unlikely to collapse and cause e- further ecological damage uh, down the line. And these ponds, for people who haven't seen them, and I, I, I drove down Highway 41 in Manatee County uh, last week on assignment. They're they're huge, and, they, and because of uh, of the geography here in Florida, they're actually built above ground. They almost look like large hills or small mountains. We, we call them gyp stacks or gypsum stacks. For people who aren't familiar with that phrase, though, what is what is a gyp stack or a gypsum stack? So the process of phosphate mining takes phosphate ore. Uh, most of that is mined sort of in these uh, the eastern parts of the sort of coastal counties. Hillsborough County and Manatee County both have active phosphate mines on their far east parts. And this ore is made of calcium phosphate. And what we do or what is done is sulfuric acid is mixed with this calcium phosphate to make phosphoric acid. So you take an acid and you get a new acid coming out of it. And then the byproduct of that is the mineral gypsum, which is a calcium sulfate mineral. It's a waste product and we don't really know what to do with it. It is not really very useful in most regards. And as a result, most of these phosphate mines have just been piling up in large stacks, if you will. And these are just stacks of mine byproduct that we can't really use for very much because there's a lot of um, this. Phosphate ore tends to have a lot of kind of uh, junk, if you will, in it, Uh, elements we don't really like, certain heavy metals, a bit of radioactivity, radioactive elements as well. And so these these gyp stacks end up uh, enriched in things that we don't can't use in other sort of as building material or elsewise because the radioactive material or the heavy metals could cause problems. You also brought up, too, that, uh, you know, the, the phosphate mines that exist in this part of Florida, they tend to be far inland. I think about uh, one of my favorite places to go is uh, Alifaya River State Park in the eastern part of Hillsborough County, which is a reclaimed phosphate mine. How on earth did we end up with a phosphate processing facility so close to the bay, so close to such a sensitive ecosystem and such a big part of the economic driving engine of, of this region? That's a, that's a good question. So this Piney Point facility was opened in the 1960s and 
much of the mining has taken place in the eastern parts of these counties, sort of the more central peninsular Florida. What I believe is going on, and so I should note as well that phosphate mining in the state of Florida has been ongoing since the 1880s. And this is a, a long-term, long-standing process that's been ongoing. And what has probably happened, um, and I don't know the exact history, but my guess is that in the 1960s, you, you have direct access to the port from Port Manatee, and you can ship your phosphate elsewhere throughout the United States. Today, Port Tampa is the sort of port where much of the phosphate fertilizer gets shipped from, and it's transported to there by train. And my guess is that they tried to cut out the train route by having a phosphate plant sort of on the port and then can ship the stuff by boat, which is a very cheap way of doing it throughout the rest of the United States that way. Go up to Mississippi and head up and transport it to the Midwest as they needed. Has the, uh, as you mentioned, uh, phosphate mining has been a part of Florida for as long as there's been Florida, <laughs> essentially. Has the has the technology, the techniques of it, have improved in any way to make it less disruptive to uh, to the environment? To some extent, yes. And you know that is a fantastic question. I don't have a very good handle on. I will state that the uh, the main material they're mining is called soft rock phosphate, and soft rock phosphate is uh, effectively you know it is a material that is buried below sediment. And so in this mining process, there's no dynamite that's being used, no explosions, no rock, hard rock that's actually being shoveled around. It is all just mud, clay, sand, and dirt. And this gets scooped around, the phosphate is separated from this. And so that gets shipped to these phosphate processing plants and then turned into fertilizer. As a result, the costs are down and actually the energy requirements are very low as well. So this is actually a pretty low energy intensive process to kind of mine a large amount of phosphate. So there is the benefit of having, if we need to get phosphate, this is a very easy and accessible, low cost, low energy requirement source. And I guess that there are other phosphate sources in Florida, but they are also known as hard rock phosphate. For sort of the um, industrial processes, obviously there are ways that they've kind of uh, tried to meet regulation better and have not always succeeded in that. But I would imagine that there are tools and techniques that have been used uh, that have kind of tried to minimize the environmental impact. But offhand, I can't tell you exactly what. So are there other gyp stacks in our region or elsewhere in Florida that uh, could potentially face some of the same issues that we've seen at Pine Lake Point in terms of, of a, some kind of breach? Yes, there are about 20 other gyp stacks in sort of the three or four county area. So these are pretty common throughout Hillsborough and uh, Manatee and Polk counties. The one thing to note is that the Piney Point was one of the few that is coastal, and it is one of the, the others tend to be much more inland. And as a result, um, there is one more in Hillsborough County that is also coastal that should also be paid close attention to, of course. But the others tend to be much more inland and less likely to directly impact surface water. However, it should be noted that in 20, 2016, a sinkhole opened up under one of these in uh, sort of the uh, Hillsborough, Polk County area, and cause a large amount of gypstack, uh, gypsum, phosphogypsum to enter the aquifer as well as in the wastewater too. And that situation has been monitored and could very much 
uh, for the impact on groundwater quality. So a lot of these have been sitting around and potentially uh, waiting to cause problems in the near future. She said there's no good use for, for, for these byproducts, but, but has there been any progress at finding a solution of what to do with this waste that's, that's piling up in these, in these stacks all over the place? Right. Uh, so gypsum is not something you tend to think of as being, you know, you probably don't hear it too often as far as materials are concerned, but it is actually a constituent of drywall. So it does get used for housing and, and materials along those lines. You can build drywall out of gypsum. And problem is that because it's slightly radioactive, having radioactive material as a housing material is a bad idea. And as a result, these things have not been used for one of the main purposes of gypsum, which is forming sort of a, a fine plaster that you can put things that you can use to construct houses. However, I think in recent times, they are trying to see if they can use some of this material as road construction material, in which case the radioactive issue is no longer a big deal because the radioactivity is mostly problematic in enclosed spaces because it generates radon. And without radon being around, if you have it open in the air, it's not a big deal. So yes, and whether or not that takes off is, of course, another question. Speaking of the of the radioactive aspect of this, I know there was a lot of attention, especially in sort of the national media reporting on what happened at Piney Point that kind of highlighted the radioactivity of, of, of some of this material. How much of that, how much would that radioactive material have been a public health threat if there had been a, a breach? So in general, um, the interesting thing is in central Florida, if you collect fossils, for instance, it's also known as Bone Valley. And if you take some of those fossils and use a Geiger count on, on them, they're a little bit hot. They are actually light, slightly radioactive. And that has to do with some of the consequences of Florida geology and the alteration of rocks and minerals that has taken place over the last few million years. So these things are naturally slightly radioactive. But when we say slightly radioactive, um, there are other materials that are also slightly radioactive. Uh, things that we eat today, anything that is rich in potassium is also slightly radioactive. So bananas are also slightly radioactive. So to kind of put it in context, these are more radioactive than many of the dietary things we have, such as bananas. They're about 20 to 30 times as radioactive as bananas. But even so, that's not a very dangerous level unless it's sort of incorporated into sort of um, the air you breathe. As far as liquids go, as far as solids go, it's not a big deal because we don't ingest very much of that. But the problem with radioactivity is if you breathe it in, you breathe in a lot of air and potentially can breathe in a lot of radioactivity that way. In the case of these things, the ingestion is such a small rate that we don't have to worry about it usually too much. What would be, in your opinion, in your expertise, the the sort of the best solution for dealing with uh, the issues at Piney Point right now? Uh, right now, the main thing that they probably, and I think that what the DEP and other agencies are trying to do, the Manatee County, is they're going to try to drain the, the ponds that are located there and make sure that those ponds don't continue to discharge water into the bay or elsewhere that is at all problematic. Well, Matt, thanks so much for uh, speaking with us today. We appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate it too. Thank you. Matthew Pasick is a professor in the School of Geosciences at the University of South Florida. The story of Piney Point is far from over. 
Just today, Governor Ron DeSantis announced the state will come up with a plan to close the site for good. He's directing about $15 million to the Department of Environmental Protection to shut down the facility and pre-treat water if there are any more leaks. Also, DEP says it's preparing for possible litigation against Piney Point's owner, HRK Holdings. You can find all the details on today's announcements at WUSFnews.org. Denora Prevost is our producer. I'm Bradley George. Thank you for listening.